What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. So today I have another very special episode for you all. I have another luthier interview. That's right, it's a special one because you don't just have to sit there and listen to some idiot who has a podcast talking about guitars. We get to actually hear from someone who has been in the business a long time, knows what they're talking about, and can give us some really cool insight into the world of guitar building. And in this case, some very fun stories about being on the road, working with a bunch of musicians, and a whole bunch of cool rock and roll stuff. Today, I am talking to Hilco of Hilco Guitars, the one, the only. He's a Belgian-based guitar builder who's also got a really extensive history as a guitar tech with some really really big names and we're going to get into talking about that in the interview and we're going to talk about how being a guitar tech and working with artists has shaped his career as a guitar builder and how that's fed into his own models and his own custom builds. Hilco Guitars really specializes in providing a full custom build experience and he also has models such as the Rootster that we have covered already on this podcast. So if you want to learn a bit more about the root, the Rootster, uh, you can either go back and listen to kind of an introductory episode I did on it to kind of get to know it a little bit, or you can just keep listening here because we do go into a bit more of a deep dive on the Rootster model, uh, what elements went into its design, and a whole bunch of the different exciting features that you can get on there as well as deep diving a bit more into what we talked about into that previous episode kind of stuff like the 3d printing of parts and the interesting tone wood choices and how that kind of relates and learned some really really cool stuff along the way had a hell of a lot of fun we go off on a bunch of tangents we talk about the future of guitar we talk about pubs we talk about food we talk about a whole bunch of stuff that may or may not be guitar related but it was a whole lot of fun so big thanks to Hilco for coming on again it's always great hearing from these guitar builders and getting a real insight into what it's like to be a guitar builder, what it's like to wake up every day, work with artists, build fantastic instruments, and uh, how do you even become a guitar builder is something I'm usually pretty interested in as well because like every single story is different. So it it, it, it pretty, pretty interested is an understatement. It actually really fascinates me on that human side of it. So anyway, without further ado, part one today, part two tomorrow you know the drill by now here we go here is part one of my interview with hilco guitars so hilco thanks so much for joining me first of all i guess how is it going in this stupid ridiculous weird horrible year that we're <laughs> that we're having <laughs> well first of all thank you for having me and um to answer your first question it's <laughs> it's very weird it is yeah it's there's a lot of musicians that my customers are all semi-professional professional musicians if they don't have to play they don't need a guitar they don't need a guitar fixed so mm. basically i'm without yeah i got a lot of orders cancelled i had like two guitars uh, last two months and that was it mm-hmm. and normally mm-hmm. this time of year it's at least four times more like uh, yeah around eight to ten guitars the last three mm-hmm. months of the year but not this year no i and i and you know not surprisingly because it's it's hit the music industry super hard it's hit the music industry super hard and i think uh at this level of guitars 
you know, most of the clientele is like you say, either professional or semi-professional, really. It is the the partner of the musicians that tell them like, I I'm not feeling comfortable investing now three, five K into uh -huh. an instrument that you're not well it won't bring any income at the moment so that's mm -hmm. the most um hurt reason yeah yeah absolutely because that's how it is and understandable as well. it's an investment yeah it's it's totally understandable but like you say investment's a good word because at this level of of guitars that's how you got to look at it if you're a semi-professional you know it's like custom ordered working with a builder it's you're getting the perfect tool for your job as well as a cool guitar which is is good <laughs> they need a cool guitar they need many cool guitars <laughs> they do <laughs> in case a partner kicks them out <laughs> they can show off to other potential partners <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it is yeah, yeah. It's sort of a mating ritual uh -huh. device is, is is what it is mostly yeah yeah <laughs> That's a good philosophy. Um, yeah, I, I, we talked a lot on this podcast about kind of impacted musicians and, and fundraisers and trying to point out stuff that people are doing this year, you know, trying to be innovative to get out there and and present their work in other ways and kind of drive, drive income in other ways because I feel like it's the least we can do when everyone's just been like unfairly had their income uh, stripped away. But you've always been a lot better than a lot of guitar builders at getting out there and interacting with people, making videos, doing social media and stuff. You've been on top of that a lot more. Do you think guitar builders and people in the guitar world need to get a little bit better at that? Maybe getting digital with things. I think so. I think that's the way to, to communicate with potential buyers now, I think. And everybody is on the interweb and those um, apps, you know, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the the YouTubes, <laughs> the, what is it, TikTok? Uh, but, ah. Uh, Can't forget TikTok. Forget yeah. about that, man. I'm, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a but, step too far. I, I looked at it, but it's it's... But, you know, some people say it's the next big thing. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, it's a lot easier to communicate now via YouTube, I think, because mm -hmm. you can write down one sentence uh, on a Facebook thing. Yeah. And people are not completely getting what you're trying to say or, you know, you I think it's it's a lot more clear in a, in a video, maybe. Mm -hmm. And. I'm trying to do that, but there's a lot of time that goes in there. Um, but I do my best and, and a good picture, uh, speaks for itself as well. And you can have a text with that, but you know, the next level is a video you explaining. Mm -hmm. So people are getting lazy. They don't want to read. I think that's yeah. why podcasts are, uh, very popular too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so they, we like to feed the laziness. Yeah. That's what we're all about. <laughs> I think it, it can help. And, you know, potential buyers are always getting younger. We are getting older. So I think we have to invest some time in that um, media. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. And like I say, I think that you've realized that a lot better than, you know, a lot of builders. There's a lot of builders who have amazing work, crazy mm. work that people would love to see, but 
you know, it's kind of the odd workshop photo here and there, and that's the, that's about all you get. Yeah, the, <laughs> those guys probably are better in guitar making than me, slightly better, and I'm slightly better <laughs> <laughs> in the multimedia thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You know, these days, um, it's an interesting trade-off there, like because because that is the reason, to be fair on them, that they're not so crazy about the multimedia is. They're like, hey, I got into this to be a guitar builder. If I wanted to be like yeah, a but photographer, the, the thing is, <laughs> I, I think is you have to, you know, go along with time. And um, mm -hmm. as a guitar builder, you have to be a metal worker to do the frets. They say it's it's hundred and one crafts in one. Um, yeah, you have to do your own PR, and this is a part of the PR thing. You have to, you know, things change and you have to go with the flow i think go go along with the change um to achieve yeah. results I, I better results because yeah. it's still your guitar that will do the the sell the sale but it's yeah, yeah. feeding it to many more potential buyers through the digital way that's the interesting part i think yeah I think it is. I think it is interesting. I think you know you can make it creative as well, like because I think that's another place that it comes from. You're totally right. It, it's about realizing the the entrepreneur thing. Mm. Like you don't just have one job. You you kind of have a hundred. But also a lot of guitarists and guitar makers sometimes remind me of each other. Like you know that they have this kind of artist thing and they don't really want to admit they're a business yeah, for person sure. or an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but you can be creative about it. You know, that's the good thing. Like you take really beautiful pictures for anyone who's not following Hilgo Guitars on Instagram, for example. Beautiful pictures, just beautiful pictures, really nicely set up. That's artistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think it's important. It's, you know, you can shoot a picture with uh, your modern uh, phone now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a phone is easily around 1K, 1,000. Uh, yeah. euro or whatever and those mm. cameras can do a lot of great pictures but the most important part people think you need a great camera a very expensive camera a really good lens to take a good shot well it helps but the most important thing is the light and you have to yeah. you know try stuff out and i i mostly work with one window it's that room that's the 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 pictures that where I take the pictures is right below me. It's just one room from one side. I make a nice setup and I sh shoot some pictures and, you know, it's once you've got the setup and, and, and you tweak the camera a little bit, it's, it's not even that much of time consuming. No. Setting up, yeah. setting up your visual, the, 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 the thing you want to shoot is, is the most time consuming. Um, yeah. But taking the picture, you've got all your preferences. You go, bam, I've got it. Tweak, tweak, text, bam. Within 15 minutes, you get a picture online. Yeah. And, you know, the more you do it, yeah. once it gets like routine, well, if you gets. If you scroll to my pictures, you'll see, I think you will see me getting better in taking pictures. Yeah. And I yeah. never did a... Um, a course in photography or whatever. I did some online. Uh, I watched some online uh, YouTube things. But that's the way to do it now. That's the that's the yep. other side of it. Is you can you can find out about this stuff by exactly just going on YouTube. So you know you don't need to get a course and everything. But um, 
I think I think as well the other thing to remember is this stuff if you're taking it for social media you know it's going into these little squares with a phone and like you say good lighting and putting a little bit of extra time into the actual setup of the shot you know it might not be something that could be blown up on a billboard and look super eye-catching but it's going on this little square on someone's phone screen and you can totally do the job i've got a 20 uh, 27 inch screen here and mm-hmm. i see pictures there and it's totally fine i wouldn't put them on a wall in like you say but it's for the the, the small you know the, the tablets the the phones yeah. the, the the home pcs it's totally fine and you want to create you know the a vibe i think a yeah and yeah yeah i, I think so i think so it has to be beautiful before I, I'll post it. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing, I, you know. I, I have to love it. Yeah. You know? well, so, I mean, so... you got to do that. Like, why not have the same attitude you have to your guitars to the presentation mm-hmm. of them? Like, you wouldn't send the guitar out going, ah, you know, it's a bit dodgy and it plays a bit bad, but it'll do. So you could have the same attitude for your pictures, right? Yeah. I'll have a, always a, a meeting with my criticism uh, team. That's <laughs> me, me and myself and I. <laughs> And then I go, okay. But, you know, you learn. And just a little bit of um, post, post-production. post I, I use uh, the Mac thing, the, the just the photo thing on Mac. And just a couple of, um, you know, brightness. You can yeah. tweak a bit the white balance. You know, that stuff. You go bam, 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 automatic, tweak it a bit. Vignette. Yeah. Happy days. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all you need. That that's pretty much all you need to get started and then yeah. a lot of it's attitude if you have the kind of creative approach or whatever inspires you and then you kind of think of it like your your guitars I want it to look good just like the guitars got to look good. It's it's totally the same thing as building guitars. You don't need fancy expensive tools. Mm-hmm. You need the knowledge if you got a good plane, good hand tools, maybe a router whatever, you know, a basic kit of gear. Mhm. The same thing goes for photography. Yeah, I think I I would totally agree with you. Yeah, um, I, I think I think talking with guitar builders that would that would be the consensus. So that's this year, more of yeah. a focus going on digital, like the musicians themselves. But uh, in most years, you are in part of your work out on the road quite a lot because mm-hmm. you've done a huge amount of tech work. Um, we talked about recently in an episode, kind of how that feeds into guitar building, but. Um, you've been out there and done a ton of stuff with really big bands and everything, a lot of tech work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, over 20 years, I'm a, a touring guitar tech mm. for, um, yeah, first it was small Belgian bands and then um, it grew a bit and there was a big Belgian production called Night of the Proms and they had like bringing artists to do three songs with the artist, do a classical piece, then do uh-huh. two songs with another artist and then there I met uh, Simple Minds, um cool ike turner i worked there for um mike oldfield nice um what is um oh, many 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 more bands but then uh, after that simple minds picked me up and i toured with simple minds for uh, over 10 years as charlie's personal guitar tech i did all this you know pedal board i kicked out the line six i brought in real amplifiers with a huge (laughs) pedal board and he was always taking me down 
in a hotel to, for drinks and uh, nice meals and was always paying for them. And one day he had to go to the, the restroom and I um, took the bill. I paid it. And he came back and he was so angry at me. He pushed me against the wall. He nearly hit at me. He said, <laughs> right, you're working for me. I pay your bills. So to thank him, I gave him a guitar. We share the same birthday oh, wow. uh, at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And um, I was back then I was living in Glasgow. And um, I, I built him a guitar, the very first uh, T-shaped hollow body with band sides guitar mm-hmm. uh, all out of flame maple. And I put that in this storage room together with his other guitars with a cards, with a note, with a, this is for your birthday, Christmas, and New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never heard from him till next March. So four or five months later, he went like, right, you, um, this guitar is way too good. Um, I can't accept it. I have to pay for it. And I said, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. And but yeah, at the end of the day, there was some money um, that came into my bank account the next day, <laughs> and um, yeah, the rest is history. And then he started playing that guitar as his main guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me to make him another one, the LSD um, guitar, also a hollow body thing with um, bent sides, sides, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, now there are two pressures to take on the road because he's got all the serious serial number one and wow. the other one is the, is the one as well and um, I've got many guitarists uh, famous guitarists that are having a deal with a big brand and mm-hmm. they buy my guitars because they heard of my brand in a studio recording studio because I did a lot of recording sessions Mm-hmm. And you know the engineers, they talk. Oh, check out these guitars. They they all they always talk all the time about guitars. Yeah. And then they order a guitar, and they go like, "It's too precious to take on the road." And <laughs> they give me all that bullshit. Just tell me, you've got to deal with Fender or Gibson. Yeah, exactly. and you, can you do that? <laughs> but you know, at least they're paying customers. And um, because the biggest mistake you can make is give a guitar to an artist. I think it doesn't yeah. work. A, a person, a musician, has to fall in love with an instrument, and if he gets it, it's it's fun for a couple of weeks or days or whatever. And he didn't have to reach into deep into his pockets, depending how wealthy he is. But it doesn't matter if he's a millionaire or whatever; he still has to put down money for it. And it's doing that thing that that makes you bond with an instrument or whatever it is because you you respect it more you had to work for it yeah. you gave it in something in return and if it's just a gift yeah yeah i agree yeah it's and, very rare that they fall in love with a gift yeah but it's the same when a big a big brand company gives them guitars the same things happen because I work for uh, musicians, Gibson sending them over, or Takamini sending over guitars, and they go, ah, oh, I don't like it. Sell it for me on eBay or whatever. You know, that <laughs> happens all the time. That was a part of my job uh, <laughs> a, a long time ago because, you know, the brand can't know and, and nobody, you know, <laughs> I so can't drop any people. names, but. There's probably people out there who've like bought some random Les Paul on eBay, yeah. not realizing that it was. Like played for I don't know five seconds or whatever by some famous guitarist. Yeah, a, cop- a, a couple of days they check it out, you know the guitar. But that level of guitarists, they don't need to plug in 
um, an electric guitar in an amp. They just play it acoustically. If it rings, if it works for them, they will recognize it and they go like, yes, let's plug it in. If it doesn't sound right, then they want to change the electronics. But, you know, the core, the, the bass of the instrument is like, just play it acoustically. And they yeah. know imme- if the longer they play, the better the guitar is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of those guys have their pickups and like you say, their electronics they like anyway. So yeah, it's, yeah. About, it's about getting that feel from the body and, and seeing if it if it works with them, resonates with them, feels yeah. good. But and that's 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 a cool thing to watch them go through as well. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. The best guitars, they um they start playing them and they're they're gone for like forty five minutes an hour. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they mostly go how much or yeah. they start raving about the instrument. Yeah. But, but that's the same with all of us. Like, you know, any guitar that I've got here it ones where I went to the music store and it's like three hours later and the guy's sitting at the counter looking at his watch, like looking over at me. Yeah. Still like, well, I got to close soon, buddy. Like, yeah. are you going to buy it? <laughs> You've been in here all day. <laughs> you know, I've got an acoustic here where I had to take a lunch break. I was in the store so long. Like, oh, I love this uh, thing. And it was just kind of a bit out of budget, but I was like, should I get it? I went for lunch and the guy was probably like, oh, Thank God that guy's gone. And I came back half hour later with my sandwich, like right round two. <laughs> you got to do that though. Like you say, if it's a gift and I shouldn't name names, but there's one guy in particular, there's a couple guys actually that are like notorious in the world of guitar builders because they're a big name, right? And so people want them to play their guitars, but they haven't learned the lesson that you've you've learned from, from working with so many musicians that uh, you actually want them to pay for it because of this this bond you're talking about and there's a couple guys who've gone around the circuit and just got free guitars from everyone because people are like i can't believe so and so is going to play my guitar and i was working with a guitar builder kind of newer on the scene who had that same thing where they're like so and so wants to get a guitar can you believe that and i was like they have played every single person's guitar who i can even think of has ever worked on a guitar and you get one picture and you post it and you get five new followers, you get no orders, and you will never, ever see them with their guitar again because they've got just a warehouse full of really beautiful guitars that they just got for free because it's fun. And then they just throw it in there and go play their Les Paul. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. which is disappointing. Um, but to give to give someone something for free and then to have them insist to pay for it, um, that's a pretty good endorsement, <laughs> actually. Well... My thing was, you know, we became ba- friends basically, and I wanted to give something in return because we were talking about, you know, serious meals and, you know, going to Nobu in London, and that's at least one fifty pounds a head, yeah, you yeah. know, at yeah. least. And we were drinking, well, I was drinking, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the watermelon margaritas, and that's like twenty five each, and you know. <laughs> Yellow fin, whatever sashimi, thirty five, forty five, bam, 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 and then sake, and then I'm talking about five hundred quid a hat at least, and not one night, every night. So I thought a guitar in return, you know, that's that's (laughs) fair, and you know, I made it as his friend, blah, blah, and then he. Uh, in return as a friend he paid me for it so yeah i didn't look at it as an investment it was more no. like a friendship thing yeah that grew 
and mm-hmm. um, I, I did no, I did it before um, with another artist. Um, give a, away a free guitar, and exactly like you described earlier, you got one picture, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Two new followers, that's about it. Yeah. If they yeah. really want it, let them pay for it, and yeah. then they 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 really endorse your um, brand because they will play with it and people will see it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know people. If people are listening to this and not believing me, the experienced builders like yourself, they really do follow this. Like, I, again, not naming names. I know a builder who um, went and got kind of invited backstage to show their guitars to a, a massive guitar player. You know, one of the biggest guitar players in the world. And they get all their gear for free. And they, you know, were playing the guitar backstage and they were like, this is cool. And they got their tech to, you know, restring it and and, and set it up for them. And they played the whole set on this guitar builder's guitar, you know, in front of whatever, how many thousands of people, you know. And then they went backstage and they were like, yeah, you know, I love it. Can I have it? And the builder was like, yeah, here's the price. And, you know, he gave him a huge discount, like, you know, yeah. 60% off or whatever. Super artist pricing was like, just for you, super artist price. And the guy was like, oh, you know, I'm not used to paying for gear. And the builder, yeah, just took it back off him put it in the case it was like you don't get it for free and just and walked out and good uh, move yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 you know just so people know people do actually do that um i know that you also you know you've got models like the the roots that we can talk about but mm-hmm. um do you think that you're you're working as a tech and then working with artists means that it kind of makes you prefer or enjoy certain about certain things about the custom shop experience you know specifically having uh, a person that you're working with collaboratively to to get to know they're playing and and make a design just for them yeah my problem is that i have got my designs but i do a lot of yeah custom work custom orders as well Mm -hmm. and a lot of artists that play my guitar they've got an endorsement with the big brands and still they come to me they're getting the guitar they're getting paid by the brand every year and still they call me hilkmeister or hilk man (laughs) can you make me this single cut guitar in Mm -hmm. black with three pickups and make it look identical like this one (laughs) and then they play that guitar so it's in a way, it's very frustrating that I'm, um, yeah, building custom orders like that, and then my designs are getting picked up less, mm. um, or they buy it to be um, to be the nice guy to have me as a friend. And like, like I said before, oh, I don't want to get that guitar on the road because if they steal it, it it's irreplaceable and they give me bullshit like that yeah, I'll just it, build it you might be one. right i hope they're not <laughs> listening to me because i'll be fired <laughs> but the good thing about that is every time they've got a different color or a new um a model that mm-hmm. they they um endorse and they really have to play it mostly they ask me to build a a custom lookalike of that one Right. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I got my my Rootster model inspired by the the Gretsch, uh, the Gretsch guitars, the hollow body guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make them lighter, more easy to 
you know, move around them so smaller yeah. to, to move around on stage. It's a funny thing. Little guys, little guitar players, small, you know, not tall ones, small ones, they always want to have huge guitars. <laughs> and then the, the stylists, they come up to me mm. and they go like, can you, can't you give him a, a smaller guitar? Because, you know, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> the, you know, I have to go and tell a musician that plays for in front of 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, 100,000 people, mm-hmm. like, I think we should change guitars because it doesn't look right. Yeah, <laughs> you look too you, small, buddy. You know, that white, that white falcon is, is way too much and you, you look like a leprechaun uh, <laughs> with a massive fucking banjo. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so, you know, it's a tough one. And then I try to make a sexy, good, sexy, good looking guitar even for smaller guitarists mm-hmm. <laughs> and they will still look right and sound right because you know i try to achieve the hollow body the warm the that kind of you know timbre into the into the sound but still you know you can still rock with it it's it's a very versatile guitar if you dial in the knobs that are on there mm-hmm. and then tweaking you know playing with bridges and stuff like that you can do a lot i think and then you can customize really the guitar for the artist and yeah. i can do that with the rootster model no problem yeah and um if i did cover the rootster on a previous episode to do a little intro on it if people want to go listen to that but i'd love to dig a little deeper into it because there's some really interesting specs on it obviously it's it's customizable so there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different flavors of it but um like you say you got the hollow design really nicely highly carved um some of them have some really cool interesting woods like i know using spanish cedar on cedar some of them. Yep. yeah um so what's what's the wood choice on there for how come you came to that well it's basically anything you want right um but the spanish cedar mostly light lightweight wood right that is very very stable incredibly stable because mm-hmm. you know it can travel all over the world you can go to singapore then you can go to the whatever desert <laughs> you know humidity um very dry cold warm yeah the guitar won't move that much i think and that's mostly that's why I'm using um, a lot of the times Spanish cedar for the necks and the bodies too. Um, but yeah, it's close to mahogany. I use carbon fiber, uh, very small carbon fiber rods in the neck. Um, mm-hmm. Not all the time, but it depends for who it is. Um, are you just playing jazz in a club one time every two weeks and for the rest you're sitting at home? You're not going to need that. Uh, yeah. I'll tune the guitar differently then. Because I can tune the guitar as well. Chambering, I, I can um, make it deeper, the chambering. Yeah. So it gets more resonant. So a more woody, jazzy tone. Mm-hmm. If you need to rock like uh, ACDC, um, you want to go a thicker, more denser um, sound, a more mm-hmm. tighter then I changed the woods as well. Um, I made the chamber less deep, the top thicker. And mm-hmm. that's how I tweak the basic character of the guitar. And there is many more things you can do. But um, 
you know, the, the I use Prue stops. I've got um, Belgian ash that is more than 60 year air dried. I've got wow. maple. You can do whatever you want, basically, yeah. with that guitar. I love uh, that. But yeah, the thing is, it's it's looking. I think it's looking quite retro, but the the ideas behind it is can be you know is is very modern in a way. Yeah, you know, I learned my lesson over you know with the history of the guitars. There was a lot of history of guitars in that guitar, but on top of that, the newer technologies because you know with CNC now you can chamber, you can adjust the chambering mm-hmm. very easily, and then I fine tune it by hand so i can keep the price low that way around three thousand for a guitar like that i don't wow. think that's too expensive no it's fantastic um, actually if if you you know it's starting there you can go up you know all the way you want but yeah a good a good rooster well equipped around three thousand if i have to do that by hand Oof, everything yeah. by hand you go to five thousand six thousand oh easily yeah yeah so but it's. I'm, I think it's too new. It's too. I don't know. People still have to um, discover it. I think. Yeah, and, and process it. I mean, like yeah. you say, that that's the kind of double-edged sword of you get to do this amazing work with amazing artists that I think you know all of us are kind of jealous of hearing your cool experiences, which which are fantastic and also a great base for guitar building, but. Um, you you know you're doing almost just like some ghostwriting work almost where it's like you yeah. you, you secretly <laughs> built this other guitar for people and um you know but if they were all up there playing the rootster I think there's a lot in in guitar players' minds which is just getting bombarded by something we come to love it you know I mean that's why we all love Les Pauls was it was just yeah. who's oh every single player I love I happen to see them hitting me with the same image over and over again. And now that's kind of burnt into my brain of what a cool guitar looks like. And, you know, uh, that's a big part, like you say, that people discover the roots there. They can, they will come to terms with it. But I think the, what what's cool about it is it has that different look and it's almost the retro, retro future almost a little bit, yeah, like an alternative yeah. retro, which I think is actually quite a popular thing in a lot of ways amongst guitarists because we want something different and we want something familiar all at the same time. And it nicely balances a little bit of those. But with the amazing experience of the custom shop of actually being able to fine tune it, which, like you say, usually, you know, will get you to a much higher price point than, than the Yeah, with, with, without the stupid extra cost. Huh? Yeah. If, yeah. If I know, okay, this, has, this is, is going to be a rocker. He's, he's going to be, you know, he wants humbuckers and, and a tighter sound you know different woods slightly mm-hmm. less chambered and bam you're there yeah same kind of work just a little bit of fine tuning i do tune the top uh, by you know you got the pronounced carved top yes at the edges it's 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 getting very thin in some places and that's how i tune the top of that instrument it's i you know I used bridges, 3D printed bridges on there. Yeah. Um, two about two three years ago, I guess. I you know very close by there is one of the biggest 3D print companies in uh, in Europe, okay. and they just started doing metal printing. And I asked them, oh, a year or two years before, because they were doing metal printing, but the thing was, 
the tolerances I had to push the machine, they couldn't do it. Right. So right. they they had my file for over a year, I guess. Uh, well, emails bouncing back and forward and bloody bloody blah, 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 and then finally they said we can do aluminium now to right. the tolerances you want, and uh, they printed it and and it was great. And then a little bit later we've had titanium. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about a bridge which was costing 550, 550 euro right. XVAT. Um, and it's quite expensive. <laughs> now, the price has dropped a lot um, for the, the 3D printing. But the very conservative guitar player is not ready for a 3D printed bridge as well. No, I, I don't think space so. Space age bullshit. It's a Elon Musk shit. We don't. Yeah, but <laughs> see, I did tests with, um, I've got so many ideas. Well, like for the, the Rootster guitar, I, I was talking with a, um, a microphone company. Okay. From, from up north in Europe, and they make tiny microphones. I I can place it underneath, inside the bridge, right? That microphone, or I can uh, install it inside of the chamber of the guitar, mm-hmm. so you can get an extra output cool. and have an acoustic sounding, but a real acoustic sounding guitar that you can blend in. You know, they they used to do it with the piezo, the piezo um, stuff, yeah, in bridge, thing, yeah. and it never worked, and it's it's it's. It's one of those yeah. sounds where no one loves it. It's like, it's just, no. oh, that's the only tool I've got, so I'll use yeah. it. But no one loves the sound of the piezo stuff no. at all. So I, I did tests with that uh, with those microphones, and yeah, it's amazing. The results are in- incredible. Wow. Problem is there, it's a very expensive mic. So well you're talking about just the gear, about... 800 to a thousand yeah okay yeah you have to start building it in you know you i i put it on suspension like the you know those microphone holders for the neumanns and and the yeah you know i i rigged up the the microphone inside the guitar like that and it was you know you could hit it it got very percussive as well so i can imagine a lot of players can use that sound for sure um but that's the downside. If you want to go down that street, you have to add at least, I think, 1.5 to 2K to the guitar. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, it's a cool and option. it's very experimental, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's one of those things. Again, the cool thing about working with a custom builder is you're letting people know that this is possible. And if you have very certain needs, you know, there are going to be people out there, maybe even listening to this, who have you know a band where they're swapping between acoustic and electric and they've tried piezo and they're like it doesn't sound good enough and they're making money going out there playing in their band obviously not this year but in normal times thinking you know that's worth two thousand for me that's that's Mm -hmm. that's a big investment as a tool but uh you know that that's not a big enough number of people that you can mass market that to everybody for the for the cost it's going to be but But it would be nice if you can just add three, three to five hundred, and then have that option. And people will explore it more than yeah. instead of just the the more uh, the, the people that spend a lot more on a guitar and can afford to spend a lot more on a guitar. But mm-hmm. 
they buy uh, cars and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they got they got other things to, to they blow need their the money chicks, on. Man, they yeah. need the chicks. They they need the chick magnet. It's true. Yeah, they 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 need to just go with whatever's whatever's the most attractive piece of randomness to hang around their neck or sit in. <laughs> you, they can go to their bird and go like, I got a microphone building here, babe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you you like experimental stuff. You like Brian Eno. Like, where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She will go by. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work so well. As probably most people listening to this podcast, there's probably some painful memories being dragged yeah. down. <laughs> she was thinking you could have got me those heels for two thousand. That could be or, one thought, or just, or you know, maybe maybe just like. You know, you still don't have a pension plan. Why didn't no. you do that? <laughs> you, you, we talked about this last week, and <laughs> this is where the money went. That yeah. could be it as well. I did want to ask about the three D, the three D bridges, because yeah, they're made of these cool like aluminium polyester blend crazy materials, which is fascinating. Is it? Is that linked to keeping the guitar lightweight? Was that one of the main thoughts? As well, yeah. Right. Right. As well. And uh, I think for a a floating well a floating bridge, you know, a bridge that sits on a guitar top, mm-hmm. on a bass, yeah, I think it's very important you don't have any moving parts, and yeah. that's why I designed this typical um, um, bridge because you can slide the bridge around. You know, like an archtop guitar, and then pin it down or whatever. Yeah, and the the results were amazing, 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 because there is a lot of more vibration that go can go through the the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, everything starts with the strings, and then the tone has to go to the top or whatever into mm-hmm. the instrument, and keep it in the body as long as you can. And yeah, this these metal things were doing fantastic, great stuff. Because I I bell shaped them, so you got a projection onto the top. Nice, which nice. helps. Um, and yeah, you should be able to. Yeah, if you take a normal tom bridge, the tunomatic, whatever. Yeah, you put that down. You drop it on a, a hard surface. And it's not singing. This bridge is, you know, it's it resonates. It's it's. I think it's a very important part of um, of the guitar, and I I want to experiment with that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's still ex- ex- expensive, and most of the customers they go like, mm, I don't know, just give me a normal tunomatic. Oh, that's or, guitarists. Or oh, yeah. that's guitarists. Yeah. Oh, just give me what I'm used to. Just give me what I'm used to. Yeah. We yeah. take some convincing. It takes some time, but yeah, because if I'm gonna <laughs> change the strings, how do do you intonate it? And you know, I can move it around. I can even reprint it. I can reshape the saddle. I've got designs that I can put a bone um, saddle in there. Wow, and you can okay. intonate it by shaving off the bone. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm telling you, this 3D printing technology—it's amazing what you can do with it. But when people are not ready for it and they don't want to put down the the, the money, yeah, and then go further with, yeah, you know, you're kind of stuck. But I know one day will come. If you look at um. 
Um, is it Huber? Yeah, Nick Huber. Uh, Nick Huber. He, yeah. He he had a collaboration with the 3D printing he thing. Did. They, they said the first ever uh, 3D printed bridge um, in the world. Whatever. He's not selling them like crazy now, is he? I don't think so. No, I think I think it's the same thing where when you've got a, a kind of open-minded guitarist or, or guitarist with a certain problem, they absolutely jump on it. They're like, finally! And the rest of the people take a little long to, yeah. to catch up. I think some of it can be the, the professionals actually go on it first because I know some guitarists, they're up there and under stage lights every night, all this humidity, all the acidity off their hands, the chrome on their regular bridges, they kind of like cycle through them and they get kind of nasty and scratchy feeling over time as the finish wears off on them and stuff like that. I think some of those guys have, have leapt at some of the like kind of upgraded bridges, including some of the 3D printed stuff. Because, mm. again, like some of the guys that you work with, you're it's very like practical. It's not just like, oh, i got to have that bridge because that was on that cool guitarist bridge. It's a lot more like I'm playing this every night. I want it to solve a problem. I think yeah. those guys are more open-minded yeah. to something like the 3D bridges where you're like, this is super heat resistant, super acidity resistant. It's not going to age all badly. Um, it's not going to go out of whack just because there's changes in environment. So, yeah. But no, they're not. it's not like you introduce this and it's selling like hotcakes. No, it no. Take, it takes a while. It takes a while for us to come around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was happy when I saw the news that um, Nick got that 3d printed bridge on one of his guitars because i was thinking you know he's a great builder and you know he's got a great company and if 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 he can push it through yeah um, that would be great but unfortunately we still have to wait you have we have to play the fishing game a little bit longer yeah and meanwhile we can try stuff out you know yeah Um, that's that that makes it interesting um, I've got so many designs, but not the, the the money to get them printed because it's every time a couple of hundred euros. Sure, sure. And more because I just ordered them by three with three different slightly changed things, things that I change in them. So I can rapidly, I don't have to wait for two months to get it printed and then mm, yeah, forget yeah. about it. So I can quickly change them and hear the differences. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah basically an experiment that takes a long time and it's a fun one but yeah maybe I should do a YouTube um, thing uh, about it I think so I think people will be really interested in it yeah. and and like the other cool thing about it is that it's really aesthetically striking because you've got to totally redesign it and you know if you want to do your own bridge as a guitar builder. Um, and you go to the factories that make it, there's certain options, but there's not a lot. Whereas 3D printing, like you say, opens up so much in terms of problem solving and new designs. But just aesthetically, people should check out pictures of Rootster models that have 3D printed bridges because it's, it's mm-hmm. so striking straight away. It looks totally different. And I think that would also draw people into going, okay, what's this? Tell me about this then, you know? Yeah. Which is a cool thing. Um but I think, you know, the guitar industry is like every industry in that way that, um, you know, sometimes the, the big companies can can have all these guys working on stuff and they come up with the, the big innovations. But, um, you know, there's a lot of times as well where it comes from guys like yourself who have a little bit of leeway not putting out like a factory line of models. 
to really experiment and really put a lot of like your individual innovation and perspective in. And that's where a lot of times the kind of crazy new ideas come out of. And it's, but it's only once it gets to the, the bigger guys that it proliferates a little more mm. and, and people understand, you know, even like back in the day, like Ray Butts doing stuff like the Echo Sonic and he only built 78 of them. And, yep. you know, it's basically the first guitar with a built-in echo, uh, guitar amp with a built-in echo effect. Echo. Oh. And he just he just didn't really have a, a good trust or relationship with mass manufacturing. He kind of just felt like you really got to get in there with by hand and, you know, didn't trust a, a kind of bunch of college students on a production line, like soldering <laughs> these things together. So, because he's kind of a perfectionist. And so it's or other companies a, that ended up getting into market and kind of having their name on these big amps, but he was doing it quietly before everyone getting Chet Atkins playing it and Scotty Moore and stuff, you know? Yeah. Which is how it works. You know, maybe it's going to be the same with 3D bridges, 3D printed bridges, 3D printed parts, you know, could be the case. Yeah. I, I use the, the alumite that's, um, aluminum particles together with some, um, it's not really plastic, but for the, Pickup rings and you know mm. for stuff like that it, it's great because it perfectly fits onto the body you don't have to send anything down um, it's it's tailor printed or uh, designed for that guitar and the now the the name tags when it's a slightly more expensive guitar I get my name my logo the name tag 3D printed uh, now and it's getting more affordable we're still talking about like fifty at least 50 euro to get them printed. But I think it's a nice little 3D detail. Yeah. And it's my name on it. And, yeah. you know, I love that stuff. I it's think it's like really the, the old it. Cadillac thing. Cadillac, you know, yeah, at, yeah, yeah, for sure. At the side of the doors, the ladders or the, the old fridges, stuff yeah, like that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. And that's, yeah. that's why I'm using the 3D printing as well, because it can be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of like um, with the kind of multi-layered almost yeah. metal. It, it's so reminiscent of that. Yeah, it's got that like uh, American kind of muscle car, old school style. And the, like you said, the fridges as well kind of had it. The kitchen appliances of that, yeah. of the 50s kitchen for sure. It's there. It's, I can see it. And there's a lot of work that went in, you know, to design it and to make the letters. Now you design something, you, you press print, you pay. Uh-huh. And a couple of weeks later, you've got, your own design on your guitar and i can do it in sterling silver wow, wow, um, wow nice yeah and that's you know that's not even that crazy expensive gold it's uh, <laughs> 500 euro something like that depending on the the, the daily price of the gold mm. um titanium is, is is too expensive but uh, brass so you can polish it just the top of the letters and the the, the rest will you know be darker yeah. you can do a lot of cool stuff with 3d printing and we're just taking baby steps here in that technology because yeah. that, that will oh, go up yeah yeah incredibly incredibly fast in the upcoming 10 years i guess i think so i mean i thought i think was it rob chapman did that video a while ago no probably like six months ago or a year ago I think that was a company had 3D printed him a whole guitar that was like made of this unbreakable stuff, you know, and there was a video of Ingwe Malmsteen putting it through a marshal yeah. or something. I'm, you know, I'm, it's I'm, cool. Yeah. 
I, it's cool. I, that's what I wanted to do um, in the beginning of 3D printing. Oh, all instruments, I'm, I, I would love to hear that. But, you know, it's for this fine little details. Yeah. That's the great tool. 3D printing is for the fine, good details. And if it's trustable to print bridges, you can do knobs. Um, I think fret wire will be crazy, but, you know... It's possible. Yeah, you can do it. a knot, a titanium knot, make it hollow, make, you know, put your name in it, whatever, your girlfriend's name. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do, yeah, there's so many things you can do, but you have to design everything. Well, yeah. You have to be I, able to design it. Sure. But that's a great option for people to know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, again, working at the custom level, some people go like, yeah, you know, but I can go to some companies and they have a couple of different. I don't know. They have a couple of different scale lengths that I can pick and they have some different pickups. But when you really, really work with a custom builder, this is the kind of stuff you can get. And it's yeah, the 3D printing opens the, up even more of that. You have to, you have to take it, you know, to that level, I think. Well, for the, the musicians that I work for a lot, if they go and order a car, they're not going to take the standard options. You know, they want uh-huh. this letter. They want. <laughs> That wood in that stripe they want. Sometimes they want gold-plated, whatever, um, chrome work. Well, if they come to me, they mm. can do the same thing, and they go, oh, great. Uh-huh. Yeah. If mostly first they, they, they order a standard one, and mm. then after a couple of months they call me up and they go like, uh, what are the options I can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, they, and then you say anything, and they go, okay, right, here's my list. I want this, I want this. I want this. I want this. <laughs> yeah. And can you, do, can you do me that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the great thing is, though, that you don't have, you know, with the car, you've uh, you got to be a rock star <laughs> with the, yeah. to do that. With the Go to the Lambo garage and do that. Uh, you got to be a rock star. But with the guitars, people don't realize that, um, you know, at, at levels really similar to some of the, the high-end factory companies, price-wise, you can get that kind of experience and, for yourself. And- and the cool thing is, if you live close by, or you don't have to live close by, you can always upgrade later. If you yeah. want to have the 3D printed bridge later, it's perfectly possible. If you want to have your um, change your logo into silver or gold because you just hit it three million views or whatever <laughs> on your uh, music channel, and you want to have it a gold logo, it can be done. Or you want to change the knobs, 3D printed knobs, whatever you want, covers. You can do it after the thing is built as well. I yeah. can't see that if you buy a custom order at PRS or whatever, and they go like, maybe I want some different knobs. Yeah. Maybe they do it. I don't know, but maybe they do. You yeah. don't have to put the, put down know. all the money at the same time. That's what I'm trying to say. That's cool. That's it's good for people to know as well. I and and that's the kind of the one of the the, the great benefits of working with a builder is that you can have. A bit, it's a lot more flexibility to it. It's not just yeah. ticking boxes on a on a sheet, which is which is, I think, something that some people sometimes miss because it's it's not always obvious straight away. But I think it's a really valuable thing for me. Um, it's a cool thing in itself. You know, it makes you feel like a rock star. You ordering your mm-hmm. own custom mm-hmm. <laughs> custom guitar, basically. So that was part one of my interview with Hilco of Hilco Guitars. As always, a massive, massive, massive thanks to him for taking the time. It's come on the podcast and blab on about guitars and all of that good stuff. 
stick around tomorrow we've got part two coming out we dive into a whole bunch of other tangents and weirdness and talking about everything guitar and guitar music and uh Hilco shares a bunch more fun stories with us as well so be sure to come back and check in on that tomorrow learn a bunch more about what it's like to be a guitar builder what kind of options and things you can get on a full custom instrument if you're interested in anything guitar it's going to be a treat and it was a hell of a lot of fun to record so i think it will be fun to listen that's the way these things go so anyway that was part one catch part two tomorrow as always take care of yourselves take care of one another play a bunch of guitar and i will catch you tomorrow